Thanks for joining us today on Open the Word with Circle of Friends. I'm Missy. And I'm Beth. And I am here today with two wonderful young people that I have seen, I've watched you grow up. So this is pretty awesome to be at the table with Robert and Laurel Meller. Good morning, folks. Good morning. We're excited to be here. This is this is so much fun, Missy, because for years I prayed this prayer of, Lord, I know there's this generation rising up to take mm. its place. And um, we're here. We, we're sitting at the table with that generation that's stepping into the leadership roles and the parenting roles that are just a memory for you and I, Missy. Yeah, distant memory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, yeah, not not so distant yet. We still have one to get through college, but we're, we're, we're nearing the finish line. But Robert and Laurel, you have uh, little ones that are nowhere near that college mark yet. Tell us about your family. Yes, we have a seven-year-old boy, and then we have a four-year-old little girl. So we are just at the start of the, the race, mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> I, I remember I remember those days. Um, but you're at a point in your life where you're sleeping at night. Yeah, new yes. season. Yes. Yeah. A little well-rested. Yeah, yeah. You'd, you'd have to bring a, an infant back into the fold <laughs> if you want to give up that nighttime sleep stuff. So um, tell us a little bit about... Robert and Laurel, how you met, your families of origin, you know, just tell us about yourselves. Yeah, so we uh, met in high school, high school sweethearts, um, kind of followed each other all the way through college and through, you know, young, um, growing up, different cultures. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't have to worry that I was marrying my second or third cousin. (laughs) That's always a good thing in Holmes County. So, um, but no, um, you know, her family brought that college education. Um, My family didn't have that. So it was, I feel like we challenged each other and, and have done a lot of our life more than not um, all the way through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I know both of your families and you two are blessed. You come from fabulous families. Um, not everyone in the world today has has that um, that foundation that the two of you have. Both raised in church, but totally different churches, totally different denominations. Um, tell us a little bit about that, how that came together. Yeah, so my mom, her maiden name is O'Neill, mm-hmm. so big Irish Catholic family, mm-hmm. which is, I'd say, the rarity around here. So, yeah, coming into this culture was, you know, I was born here, but my parents moved here. Um, They joined a dentistry practice here. And so um, we, you know, I grew up not having a lot of extended family around here, um, but it was really neat to see that Amish culture, which is very much family oriented Mm -hmm. and um, very family focused and that we've kind of blended those two. I mean, the Irish Catholic, they're very, very family focused too, but I just didn't have that extended family close by. And so I really treasure that. But I grew up in a um, Methodist church. My dad is Methodist. So we grew up in that church. And then you were. Yeah. So my dad, eighth grade educated, grew up in the Amish uh, community, Um, just decided not to join the church. Mm -hmm. Um, He met my mom who grew up on a farm in a Mennonite church, which is Walnut Creek Mennonite, where I grew up, um, which was where my grandparents, kind of the other spectrum of family all around. Um, Mm -hmm. I knew my cousins very well. uh, And I think that was a little bit of a difference um, where maybe friendships were developed. We had family that was all surrounding. And so I think that's been a little bit of an adjustment mm-hmm. um, for our marriage of, of having family everywhere compared to, you know, Laurel has family all over the country. Right, um, right. 
But yeah, it's been, I've really come to really appreciate that family oriented, um, you know, family, we help each other out, especially when we had children. I mean, I didn't realize how much you need your family until, you know, you have a little, Mm -hmm. a little life you're taking care Mm -hmm. of. And so I've really appreciated that aspect of your upbringing and um, yeah, just we've, I feel like we've blended well. Our cultures have blended well. I would agree. And I always wonder how people who don't have that extended family around them, how, how, how they raise those kids, how they find their babysitters, how they get a night of sleep when you're in those infant and early toddler years. So the blessing of family, well, maybe, um, It's not a curse, but it's (laughs) my son's pastor says that uh, life here on earth is a daily collision of beauty and brutality. Mm -hmm. So I would say living close to family is beautiful. Sometimes living close to family is brutal, (laughs) but there is in the midst of that collision, there's something wonderful. Life doesn't have to be perfect to be wonderful. And there is something wonderful in, in the, in the having all that family around and growing up in that family culture, um, even though many of us flee it for a time, right? Mm-hmm. You guys didn't flee it, really. You went off to college, same college. Yep, Ohio Northern, and then I went to graduate school at Ohio State. So we did okay. live in Columbus for six or seven years. So we were kind of... Which was a really through. good experience to... Mm-hmm. to um, and that's something I would I always recommend young people if they have the opportunity to move away from the area to really get perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I think once we had children and, and moving back, it, I mean the transition had its challenges, but also recognizing that we have people instilling the same things that we mm-hmm. were taught, mm-hmm. they're not just hearing it from us. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we could really value that until especially in the age that we're in right now, mm-hmm. that's becoming more and more important. When they're an infant, it, it is just, can I get a nice rest <laughs> right. and babysit? But now it's transitioning to actually these are little people that we can teach mm-hmm. and try to work through. Yeah, um, and it really does take a village. And I read somewhere that it takes, you know, children need on average like five solid adults in their life. And I think we've been really lucky and blessed to have, you know, my parents, your parents, mm-hmm. you know, some good good friends and siblings pouring into your children that mm-hmm. village that's where, you know, I think the magic happens, I guess. I would agree. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Um, so you're in Columbus. Um, how did it go there? Did you find a church down there that, or or were you in Columbus doing life and church was a part of your upbringing, but maybe not a part of your early married life? How did it go for you guys? Yeah, I'd say at that point in our life, we were definitely more of the uh, Easter and Christmas kind of okay, <laughs> church <yeah>. mm-hmm. <laughs> Kind of focused on Sunday brunch a lot. But mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. no, we definitely, and I think that's where um, I, I really believe that your your faith needs to become your own. And I so we agree. had that space mm-hmm. to, you know, discover what is it that we really believe and, you know, what is that um, that we want to pursue and follow. And I think it it makes it more meaningful because it really is something that you know you can't force your kids to believe this or believe that or someone to believe it. It has to be your own. And I think that that time period was necessary for us to kind of decide on our own what was. I think it affirmed the foundation that mm-hmm. was kind of developed by our parents. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think it's maturity. I th- everyone I talk to, young adults, it, I'm not saying everyone takes that path, but mm-hmm. um, I think it was a. Looking back, it was a. Could we have done better? Absolutely. But I agree, we can look at it, and I think we're stronger today because we were given that space, an environment that 
I mean, we, we bounced around from churches, sure. but really it was on, didn't really probably buy in the way that we do mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. with our children. So it, it wasn't Robert and Connie's faith or Michael and Megan's faith. It became Robert and Laurel's faith that you decided to build this Miller homestead on. Absolutely. That's fabulous. <laughs> that, that foundation, you know, there's so much to be said for the prayers, the praying parents, the praying grandparents, the, the prayers that have brought us to this place in life. But it ultimately comes down to your choice and to my choice Absolutely. and and where we choose to stand and move forward from. That will make all the difference because every one of our choices has a consequence for good or for bad. And uh, you said it wasn't perfect. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the world. Yes. There was one who was perfect, and he he lives in us. And and I I was just reading again this morning of you know we are hidden with Christ in God. I mean, oh. Think about that. However, that perfect life that he lived, while it is there as our example, we still have choices to make in following him. And that's where I see you guys today, several years ago. So I'm hearing about Robert and Laurel, right? You know, I was at your wedding. It was a beautiful, glorious day. But then off to grad school, all of those things, living life. And then I hear, oh, yeah, Robert and Laurel, yeah, they, they teach some classes on parenting. I said, whoa, this is pretty awesome. I I need to know more about um, where they're getting their information, how they came to that point, and that's where I want to land today. We are in a culture where I believe there has never been more hands-on parenting by dads that I have witnessed in my lifetime, but we are also in a culture of, of... parenting in a in a sort of a let's give our kids freedoms to choose who they are and what they'll be and where they're going and yet in the midst of all of that I think we've lost some guidance along the way and when I heard that you were um, offering some classes at your church I believe on on parenting I I knew I wanted to talk to you and find out more about how you landed on the curriculum, how you came to this place of saying, wait a minute, in our own strength, maybe we're not doing this the way we, when we look to the future, want it to be done. Um, t- tell me more, how you landed here? Yeah, well, we, we were going to the United Methodist Church in Millersburg at that time, and actually it was Jim and Holly Conway, they mm-hmm. taught a class on parenting, and They had raised four kids, and we just felt like that was such an impactful um, class for us at that time in our parenting. Basically, um, Jim, who who had um, gone through a cancer battle, Mm -hmm. basically came to the point where he said, you know, I'm not important. What is the most important thing in life? And that was, you know, raising children. And so that kind of springboarded us into a class. I shouldn't say we taught it. We've more facilitated it because well, it was for yes. us. Yeah. I, I, it, which I, yeah, split totally hairs. get that. Yes. I totally get <laughs> but that. It, somebody has to facilitate yes. also. Yep. Yep. And it was the, the art of parenting and, um, it was a several week series and it was just, I feel like the general gist of it. And you can chime in too, if you want to add in is that our goal as parents isn't to raise, you know, happy kids or, mm. um, kids that, we have, you know, our vision of, you know, whether whatever that might be successful, you know, CEO of a company. Our goal is to help our kids find their bent in life and help them to 
lead a purpose-filled life so that they can be, you know, well-adjusted adults, being able to weather storms and being able to, you know, find that foundation and stand mm-hmm. on their own two feet. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a really, really good course for us just because, you know, if, if you're honest, you you have your child or your pregnancy and then you have these dreams for your children mm-hmm. and and that's fine to have those dreams, but you need to make sure that you also have these dreams of helping the your children become who they're meant to be in life. And mm-hmm. I think that was really, really powerful for me. I don't know if you want to add in anything. Yeah, you know, I think, your point of um, Jim and Holly kind of springboarding. And, and I look at it as somebody that was in front of us, ahead of us. Right. And I'll, I mean, I'll never forget we had started, you know, the business and trying to make that work and trying to balance family. And, and he, I'll never forget. He looked across and said, you're not that important. Mm. Like you are absolutely not that important. Like it will move on, but really focus on where your, your purpose. And I kind of look at, the story behind it a little bit is I look at it's no different than figuring out your marriage. You're similarly trying to just search after your children and helping them find out how to be in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where it kind of, the class was one thing, but then it's just reading and, you know, whether it's the Bible or there's so many resources out there, mm-hmm. but just, and some of them you're not going to agree with, but again, it's helping us to say, you know what? I like that piece. Mm-hmm. I like this piece over here, but then getting wisdom from people that have done it before. Right. It's kind of the, the the mosaic of it. It's that stained glass window of many different pieces, but the beauty that shines through it. Ah, uh, fabulous. Do you have a go-to podcast for parenting? I really like Meg Meeker. She's a pediatrician, mm-hmm. and she's a Christian. And I love that blend of, you know, science and research and, you know, Christianity. And I've found a lot of great, you know, wisdom from her as well. Mm-hmm. And Robert, from the dad's side. Yeah, the, the family, I mean, same place where we got that curriculum. They have quite a bit. The family life matters. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I know there's quite a few different ones, whether it's family, marriage. Um, I also follow a lot of different leadership ones, which I think kind of fall right into parenting. It's, it's mm-hmm. whether you're leading a business or your family. I would agree. They're interchangeable. I mean, mm-hmm. serving, um, figuring out people's skills or your child's skills. And again, we love that concept of finding their bent. Mm-hmm. And where will that arrow, that was part of it, where does the arrow, you know, land that's up to your child? But mm-hmm. you provide um, the foundation behind it and putting them in environments where they can help figure mm-hmm. out their purpose in life. You know, I think we tend to get it so backwards in this world. And I, I know we, Missy, you and I have sat at this table for many years and we see that when um, we have to have goals. I mean, if you're not aiming for anything, you're you know, you're going to hit whatever. We have to have goals, but that foundation is so important. And when we're always just striving for 20 years from now, the college I want them to get into, the life I want them to have, and we forget to firm up the foundation that we're growing them on, um, the, those goals can be pr- pretty, pretty rocky. I, I remember early on in our marriage, um, we were a couple who were trying to do it our own way, okay? And my husband would be the first to tell you that he didn't come to Christ until he was in his 30s after baby number three, mm-hmm. okay? So um, what were our goals? Well, they don't look like the goals that we have today, let me tell you. And I don't know that we ever wrote them down. But God in his graciousness continued to guide us, and um, here we are today. But after we had our fifth child, which you do know that, you guys would be a fabulous five-child family, <laughs> oh so I'm, I'm here to encourage you. <laughs> 
There's a little aside from Mama B. You thought you weren't getting Don't hear today. My, my mom hear that. Uh, Megan, I'm pulling for you. Anyway, um, we really we really recognized that we had had kids out of our own. Oh yeah, it's time to have kids, and then suddenly in our 30s we realized that these kids were our future. They were going to be the ones making our medical decisions someday. They were going to be the generation rising up to take their place. Right? They were going to be the ones whose whose um, foundation of faith or not faith was going to influence their their morals, their values, their choices that was going to impact this whole world. So the most important thing we could do was to make sure that foundation was firm. I would like to tell you that we got that done perfectly, but that would be a lie. Mm. But I do remember uh, when our son was born, he was probably about two years old. So by then, <clears throat> we were in our 40s, okay? <laughs> we were late bloomers. and And my husband said to me, you know, we've had four girls. They all seem inclined to sports. But I'm not sure that's the direction that our son is going to go in. And we have to be okay with that path. And boy, I have a wise man that I'm married to because he was right. Our our son is um, an adventurer. He loves to climb mountains. He, he runs. He does all kinds of stuff. But that whole um, competitive sports thing was never his thing. But put him on a stage, and oh my goodness, and making music and sound engineering, he loves it. But it was allowing him, as you say, to shoot that arrow. But somewhere along the line, there has to be strength in those arms to shoot that arrow. And there has to be firm footing to stand on in order for it to gain the momentum. That's what I see you guys doing. You know what I love, what I hear in what you're saying is that you really are giving your children tools and it's never too, they're never too young to begin to do that and be thinking that way. Because if you wait too long, it's too late. Right. Right? Well, they've received tools. Their hands are yes. full from <laughs> what the world's offering yeah. them. Right. That's yeah. Right. Right. So that's that's an amazing thing. And for parents to have that foresight, uh, it, it just really follows along so well with God's plan. Because he has designed them with a purpose. He's created them uniquely. And he, he has a reason for their being the way they are, and he has something for them to do. So as parents, when you're helping that along, wow, that's pretty incredible. That, that's wisdom from a young, uh, young parents, let me tell you. Yeah. Some of us, Beth, learned a little bit <laughs> a later. A little bit later in life. We weren't, we weren't quite where you were, um, where you are. Oh, well, but you know, the nice thing, I will say, you know, there's a, there's a lot of bad, you know, with, I guess, the the age of technology that we're in, but there's also good, you know, we have so many resources that mm -hmm. you guys didn't have. And we have, you know, generations ahead of us that are navigating that. This is well. so true. You can't give what you don't have. And, um, I, I look back on, on the story of our lives and I think, okay, well, we, we had what our parents had to give and they could only give what they had. Uh, and same with them. And so as we move forward, like you said, all the information that you have, at your fingertips. Mm -hmm. It's also the information that your kids are going to have yeah. <laughs> at their fingertips. And so finding those parameters, the, 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 um, being the guardrails, I guess, to keep them from falling off the cliffs that our world offers, you have made that decision early on. Does your family have a life verse? We no. don't, actually. Hmm. Well, I mean, just think about it. There's, as, as a grandma, speaking into the lives of the young set, I will say your kids are at a perfect age to be learning scripture. So find, find that thing, that verse that is the one that brings them 
back to growing up Miller with the Nippert contingency <laughs> oh uh, right there, too. Um, somewhere in our 30s, Joshua chapter 24 became our guide point, our guiding. It became the verse right there in the, in the office, in the computer room. And that's, choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that's what I hear you saying. You are you are offering your kids the knowledge of what mom and dad have chosen, but you're still giving them the choice like your parents gave you to choose who they will serve. So tell me, I know you got all kinds of things you do with your kids. <laughs> How are Robert and Laurel? I want to call you Lolly. I'm hey, sorry. I go by it all the time. No need to apologize. <laughs> My tongue kind of trips over this. Go with Lolly. Um, what, how are you? What are things that are, are taken from your growing up years that you are pouring into your kids? What are the special events? How are you, how are you training up these children in the way they should go with the, um, the pathway of the heritage that you've come on? Are there things that you're doing? Do your kids know Pennsylvania Dutch? I wish. We're, I mean, we're working on it. It's, I don't think it'll be quite as easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up with my cousins. That's who you know, would babysit. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, Smith is starting to play with the neighbor kids, and I'm, we're hopeful that they'll pick up some of it. Uh-huh. And, and Grandpa will always try to teach them a phrase or two. But I'm not so sure that they'll be quite as uh, fluent um, in general compared and to neither am I yeah. I know just enough to get me into yep. trouble right <laughs> yeah. and so I try not to use it but I know I know you have family traditions that you are pouring into your kids name some of those yeah absolutely I mean we you know Christmas is always a big mm-hmm. traditional time of year and that's another thing I feel like I've just learned in my you know short bout of motherhood is that it doesn't have to be Pinterest perfect. You know, we have to... Oh, <laughs> yay, Laurel. I'm so proud that of you. That took a little bit of... Because <laughs> then it just ends up with a grumpy mom. But yeah. um, we do a lot at Christmas, but we've tried to kind of pare down what's, you know, most important for us. We get the tree, you know, the kids... Actually, kids really don't need a lot of pomp and circumstance. Mm-hmm. They just need, you know, the, the Christmas movies or we... Um, this year we went and helped deliver... Um, oh, my goodness, I'm blank on the Christmas uh, share is it share oh, Christmas oh yeah the food yeah or what is that there is share Christmas there's well Operation Christmas Child has the boxes okay it was Operation yeah. Christmas okay. Child. that's beautiful yeah. did that yeah. um but yeah I think just we have our Christmas traditions we we try and you know the presents are always so so fun of course but mm-hmm. you know it is it is true I think it, it's easy to especially in this community to kind of realize that we all have it really really good and mm-hmm. trying to you know again I, this is all just good intentions we try to um you know really make it a meaningful time of year for for what it represents for sure mm-hmm. um and then we go to you know we go to grace church on sundays our kids really love the the kids programs Yay. there yeah. um and then you know again we don't we don't get it right all the time and um but just trying to I'm really inspired by Jesus and who he chose for his disciples Mm -hmm. and just trying to relay that to our kids as well, um, that you're going to make mistakes and you're not going to be perfect. Um, but you can, you can make a difference in someone's life or, um, they can make a difference in yours. I guess that's not really a tradition, just kind of a way that we're, um, it's a standard that you're setting. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think um, another thing is with our heritage, obviously, is that working hard. And Mm -hmm. and when you do something, do it well. So Mm -hmm. when we're out there mulching, one thing we found, Smith loves being outdoors. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we both were athletes and and trying to make sure that we don't instill Mm -hmm. that bent if he because he knows our history. I mean, that it's amazing how quickly they figure that out. Mm -hmm. And but simple things around the house, you know, helping feed the dog and not that it's perfect. There's plenty of times we're apologizing to our children. Hey, (laughs) I know we said we're going to do this. And we're and I think that's the part, too, that is we're not going to be perfect. And Mm -hmm. if your children think that you're perfect, then they're setting the bar pretty high that really the identity and and everything. That's the thing I think we really realized lately is you're not going to be perfect, and it's okay to not be perfect in front of your children. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Even our family discussions and things that maybe, you know, Laurel and I disagree on, and yeah. having those communications health, you know, in a healthy way in front of them so they yeah. learn how to deal with conflict. I'm so proud of uh, you. It's awkward. <laughs> oh, it's, I would it's say moments, it is. <laughs> yeah, when you're throwing, you know. But, again, we have resources and family around us that have and, – and we've searched for that. Right. Laurel, I mean, that's something that – We've had to negotiate what's our priorities, what aren't. But I think at the end of the day, we realize that we're at least we're hunting for something. Mm -hmm. I think for you, when I think about your cultures, um, even the way you resolve conflict, I bet, is different. Because I grew up in that Mennonite Anabaptist culture. I never heard my parents fight, (laughs) so I just assumed they didn't fight, right? Right. Uh Uh-huh. Whereas... Irish Catholic, they're colorful. (laughs) 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 They've got colorful, expressive words. But yeah, it is good. But uh, yeah, I think conflict resolution is a big thing because, you know, if you don't have a good marriage, you're not going to have those. I mean, conflict is a necessary part of a good relationship. Mm -hmm. And we do, you know, when they're little, they can't tell that you're you're having a disagreement. But now they are little parrots and Mm -hmm. they hear everything. They'll pick up on that quite quite easily. And we do point out, like, we're having a disagreement. We're, you know, we still love each other, but we're going to talk through this. Mm, (laughs) I love it. The reassurance to your kids that we can, we can argue, we can think different things. But it's not, it's not always agreement that means love. It, it's acceptance. It's, it's love that means love, even when we disagree. Absolutely. I know your families well enough to know that generosity is a mark on both the Miller and the Nippert families. Um, I, and I'm confident, just because of who you are, you are teaching your kids the 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 lessons of generosity what do you see so sometimes passion or compassion is what you notice in your child generosity the kid who wants to give everything away um exhortation you can see in little ones i mean i remember when one of my friends little boys came up to my son and said you must repent. <laughs> they were about four at the time, you know. Um, he has the gift of exhortation. What are you seeing in your kids that you're like, God, how are you going to use that? Hmm. Well, Smith, our seven-year-old, he has a really compassionate heart. Mm-hmm. He's a real animal lover. And um, I, his teacher said before, you know, when someone's hurt on the playground, he'll mm-hmm. run over to them, which, you know, when he swings too hard the other way, it's almost a little bit like tattletale borderline <laughs> with that or just, you know, kind of the... The ruler, but he has a really compassionate, friendly heart. He really cares about others, and I love that in him. And then Eleanor, our four-year-old, she she's compassionate, but she has a determined spirit. Mm. And I think as a, 
a female, sometimes that's like, you know, frowned upon. Sometimes like, oh, don't be, you know, don't be, that's a little too much. But I'm excited to see how God uses both of them. I, we were both saying with Eleanor, we need to kind of tame that wild, (laughs) wild Mm. determination. But, Mm. you know, I think she can, they can both, um, yeah, it's just, it's fun to, to see them develop. And I think with Smith being seven, Yes. And, you know, you're starting even in that little time frame, you're seeing some maturity. Mm-hmm. It's little, mm-hmm. but it starts to, I think, I think, show up a little more. They actually are starting to make some decisions. And um, and I think at Nellie's age, you know, it's it's a little harder to see. Mm-hmm. But there's a, there's a strong unbridled. Will, strong <laughs> That's <will>. the beauty <laughs> of yeah. four. They, yeah. They're just so innocent. They haven't yeah. been, they haven't been, um, I don't know, molded by their peers to respond in any mm-hmm. way. They're just who they are, yeah. which is so beautiful. Now, as I look at both of you, and I, I know you didn't go off to college to be in careers that would help you parent someday, maybe provide for a family, but you weren't thinking parenting. But I look at both of you. We have an engineer and a physical therapist at the table, correct? Yep. Okay. Well, I see in that engineering, you know, the infrastructure, you got to make sure you've got this. Mm -hmm. You you know um, that the foundation has to be good and that the materials have to be solid. And Laurel, I mean, I reference your occupation so much because of that core strength. And that core strength is is part of that foundation, but it's what keeps us upright when everything comes at us in this world. Mm-hmm. So how do you take what you learned in college and on the jobs and use that in your family? I'm sorry, I didn't give you this question beforehand, so I'm, I'm hitting you. You know, Sometimes we do a freelance Friday, and it's just uh, Mama Bee Monday. And uh, you, you, you think about your jobs and what you do for the people in your jobs, and how can you pour that into your kids in um, how do you? Because I know you do it. Even unconsciously, you're constantly thinking the way your brains work, mechanically, physically. What do you see in your kids that are, um, you're like, oh, yeah, you're not my client, but I, I see this happening. I see this happening. Can you name something? Can you visualize something? I think being intentional and planning. Mm-hmm. That's a big part of what, you know, the better the plan up front, the better success a construction mm-hmm. project will go. So I think being intentional um, and details matter. And I think figuring out what details do matter and what details. um, And then the other part of being in a business is people. Mm -hmm. Um, Picking up on nonverbals and tones and recognizing. I think you can bring that across to your family and your children to notice when they're on fire and when they might be down a little bit. That Mm -hmm. people interaction, I think, maybe wasn't college, but more just interacting with other business Mm -hmm. owners and leadership. Mm Mm-hmm. I think from a physical therapy standpoint, a big part of the philosophy of physical therapy is, you know, giving, you know, providing accountability to people, providing tools to them, but teaching them and then letting them go use those tools independently. So I think, and that's, as a parent, that's hard. I'm, you know, I'm like, I should not be tying my son's shoes right now. Mm -hmm. You know, like you have the tools to do this, but I think, you know, in a big part of physical therapy is being compassionate up, knowing when to be compassionate, but then knowing when to, you know, say, listen, we, we've got to do this mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z to get it done. So that fine line between compassion and, I guess, um, loving, 
loving boundaries a right little bit. Mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely it's funny um i have a friend who um had a stroke several years ago and still goes to the physical therapist trying to work through all of this and she told me one time when i get out of a car in any movement i make i can hear my physical therapist's voice in my ears reminding me how to do it right laurel and robert i think your kids have their voice in their ears you are training up your children in the way they should go and when they are old I'm guessing they're not going to depart from it but the best thing you're doing for them is you're surrendering them to the Lord knowing that your part is in the foundation and the original structure but they get to do the same thing that you two got to do and that's choose this day Mm -hmm. whom they will serve um I am so thankful for young parents like you. I've had the pleasure of watching you grow up and watching your families, and now I get to watch you do family. I know without a doubt, this isn't speaking a word of prophecy over you. I'm not a prophet, but this is what I do know. You, your circle of influence is bigger than you realize. And what you are doing today in your work and in your home is going to impact many, many generations. And so our prayers continue to be for the Laurels and the Roberts and all the the young parents of your generation as, as they live out life with intention and surrender, knowing that the choices of today do have consequences for good and for bad. But when we keep our eyes on Jesus, his mercy and grace fills the bumps and the ruts that we may make along (laughs) the way. Thank you so much for being at the table. We hope that you will be joining us again. And I'll try not to throw any surprise questions in at you, okay? (laughs) Thank you you for having us. (laughs) It was our delight. Open the word. Today we opened the word to Joshua 24. And our cry, our heart cry to all of you is, choose this day whom you will serve. You get to make that choice. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd love to hear from you, so find us on Facebook and Instagram at Open the Word Podcast or... Send us an email to openthewordpodcast at gmail.com. Step back in time with a stay at one of the oldest buildings in historic Berlin, Ohio, the Worthman House. This charming building has a rich history with origins dating back to as early as the mid-1800s. The newly restored two-bedroom, one-bathroom suite has hardwood floors and gorgeous chestnut trim throughout. It is also outfitted with locally made Amish furniture. It can sleep six and offers a beautiful panoramic view of Berlin's Main Street. Its location in the heart of Berlin is an ideal spot for walking to various restaurants and shops. Book your stay at the Worthman House through VRBO. Is it time for you to plan a day trip with your peeps? Come and stay a while at Shia Market in Berlin. There is something for everyone, no matter what your taste or style may be. Visit the Village Gift Barn for your custom floral arrangements and timeless accessories for your home. Stroll upstairs to Shia's Style Boutique for your perfect outfit. Everything from accessories to shoes. 
Be inspired at country gatherings with decor from modern farmhouse to transitional design. Then meander through the gardens for a large selection of houseplants. And last but not least, order your perfect cup of brew at the Buggy Brew Coffee Company. End your day by gathering to relax in our courtyard. You will leave feeling connected and refreshed.